This is a shock podcast. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that has great character. <laughs> well, at least two of them. And those two are Nicholas John. Hello, hello. And Karami Kamil. What's happening, guys? I am Faisal American. I have as much character as the current Leicester defence. Trust me, they make Harry Maguire look good. Uh, that's right, we're starting with uh, Leicester's horrendous Premier League campaign this season uh, They're currently rooted at the bottom of the table with zero wins, one draw and six consecutive defeats The latest being their 6-2 loss to Tottenham at the weekend Now Leicester actually took the lead but it quickly collapsed, just like their defence And uh, Spurs hit back with goals from Harry Kane, Eric Dier, Rodrigo Betancourt No relation to extremes Nuno Betancourt um, Also, Sun Hyung Min scored a hat-trick uh, Thanks to Leicester, Sun ended an eight-match goal drought now, at the time of recording, Leicester boss Brendan Rodgers still has a job, but that may not be the case for much longer, right? Yeah, but it, I, I'll be surprised if he keeps his job. But I don't think if Leicester get rid of him now, they'll get a, a better manager than him because Rodgers has done well with previously Leicester, Liverpool, then Celtics. Um, but, to, but to be fair, Leicester has faced... like. Big, big opponents, right? In, in their first seven matches, they faced Arsenal, they faced United, Tottenham and Chelsea. So it's it's understandable that they lost all those matches. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I really, really hope that Brendan Rodgers stays because he's, like Faisal said, he has great character. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the manner of the defeats that's, that's been a cause for concern, though, right? They, they, they've not been convincing at all. I, I think Leicester are already... Out there looking for candidates if they haven't already found one, you know. I, I, Thomas Tuchel's available, <laughs> right? You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and it, it could be a case of them just waiting to finalize everything before making an announcement. Uh, but yeah, I, I'll be very surprised if if Rogers is still around come the mid season break if their their results continue along this line. And and, and it's a shame, because like Aram said, you know, we know he's a good manager. And, and Leicester are, you know, by and large, they're not a bad team. It's, it's just that personnel issues mainly have plagued them this season. Now, to be fair, uh, to be fair to Brendan, Leicester was severely weakened uh, over the summer transfer window. Uh, they sold Wesley Fofana, Fana, Banana, Fana, Fofana to Chelsea for around eighty million pounds, um, but they had very few incomings. None of them obviously made an impact. Surely, the owners have to put their hands up and say, "Yeah, my bad too." Yeah, um, about that because they've lost Fofana, like you said, for eighty million pounds. But remember, Fofana did not play. A lot of matches last season due to injury, and then they lost Casper Schmeichel, who was I have to be one of the most integral part for Leicester mm-hmm. for, for for the last decade, right? So they only they've only lost two players if 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 we're being technical here. And remember, they still have Jamie Vardy, they still have Kelechi Iheanacho, uh, Ayose Perez. I was wondering why that Brendan Rodgers did not even field them during the loss against Tottenham because they were on the bench. And contra- on the contrary to, to Tottenham, Conte feel, uh, substituted in uh, Son Heung-min, who scored a hat-trick, uh, and a few other players. So, 
something has something is wrong there because Perez, like the place that I've mentioned, Perez, Perez, Ihenacho. I think they've played quite well last season, so I'm not sure why they are they are at the place that they're in now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, I read somewhere that uh, Leicester has this policy of not buying players until they sell. Mm-hmm. Right, they, they've mm-hmm. got that thing going on, but. Uh, you look at Fofana, he, he, they made about 70, 80 million yep. from that sale, uh, but no new players came in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know, may, maybe it was a case of that sale happening too close to the end of the transfer mm-hmm. window that they couldn't you know, go out and find any suitable players. But um, the money is there. Yep. So, you know, at the next transfer window, it, it, we could be looking at a spending spree. It's just a matter of, you know, whether it's going to be Brendan Rodgers there who's going to be doing all that spending. That we don't know. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Arsenal are at the top of the standings with a 3-0 win over Brentford. Karam looked at the result and went... <laughs> I love this new uh, console. <laughs> uh, Gunners are now six wins in seven games and they currently hold the record for having the youngest ever Premier League player. We're talking about Ethan uh, Nwaneri, if I'm getting his name right. He made his debut at the age of 15 years and 181 days. For context, right, we were seasoned newsmen when he was born. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, Arsenal, one point ahead of Manchester City, who had a 3-0 win over Wolves, who were without new signing Diego Costa due to a lack of match fitness. Uh, yeah, I'd like to, to, to start off touching uh, about Arsenal. Uh, Ew. <laughs> not that kind of touching. Uh, you, we've already spoken about Arsenal's form this season, and, and we're all in agreement that we like what we see. But if this is their thing now, bringing in youth players into the first team... I think it could be the start of, of a great thing for the Gunners, you know. It's the kind of thing that the Man United of old mm-hmm. used to do. It's know. what Wenger did. Yeah, mm. what, what Wenger did. Uh, or even you want to look at Everton with, with Wayne Rooney. He was mm. essentially still a schoolboy when, when he made his debut, right? So it, it's good to see clubs take a gamble on young players. I know it's still very early on in, in Ethan's career, but a promising future awaits him and Arsenal, you know, if they continue along this path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Arsenal have what, like you said, five or six wins in the last seven matches, right? So I've read somewhere that one of the Premier League legends, Alan Shearer, said that Arsenal are good, but they are not yet title contenders. Well, if this form continues, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So Arsenal have, have, like, the sky is the limit for the Gunners mm-hmm. with the young players coming in. Martinelli is actually playing quite good now mm-hmm. uh, alongside with Gabriel Jesus. Uh, we also know about Saka, Emil Smith Rowe. So the, these young sets of players, they they could be at 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 with Arsenal for for the next decade if they want, and Arsenal could actually be a, like a real powerhouse in Europe. Yeah, and, and it says a, it says a lot about the quality in the team and the confidence that the manager has in the team that he's willing to take a chance on bringing in a schoolboy essentially, you know, into the squad just like that. Mm-hmm. Just goes to show that Aaron Sh- Alan Shearer, great footballer, crap pundit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything about City? Um, well, City is City, uh, and Haaland again. Haaland scored. I don't, I don't know what will stop Haaland because he's what fourteen goals in eight matches now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he, I think he was the first. I've read somewhere he's the first player who scored in his first four away matches. So yeah. mm-hmm. another record for Haaland. 
another record mm. for City. I think Pep Guardiola must be happy. Uh, Grealish was on the score sheet as well against who was it? Wolves. Against Wolves. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. <Yeah. laughs> so everything is going great for 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 City, and pretty sure that. They have to be one of the. They have to be up there at the end of the season. If not, if it's not, if if it's not Arsenal. Okay, quick question about Wolves, right? So they recently signed uh, Diego Costa on a free transfer. Uh, obviously, he wasn't match fit for this mm-hmm. game. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> but when he comes in, what do you think will happen first? A goal or a red card? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see a red card, though. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it's a goal and a red card. <laughs> Also in the Premier League, uh, Everton took their first win of the season with a 1-0 win over West Ham. Aston Villa beat Southampton 1-0. Fulham, 3-2 victory over Nottingham Forest. Newcastle and Bournemouth had a one-all draw. In Spain, Real Madrid beat Atletico 2-1 to maintain their perfect start in La Liga. Barcelona are in second place with a 3-0 win over Elche. Robert Lewandowski scored a brace to make it 11 goals in eight appearances. Uh, Anyone? No. Shows how much we care about La Liga. <laughs> um, now, Brendan Rodgers isn't the only manager who's under pressure. Uh, in Italy, Max Allegri's job at Juventus is also under threat after a shock defeat to Monza in Serie A. He was probably run over by a runaway F1 car. Uh, Juve are now winless in five games. And now we're going to end this podcast with some sad news. So at the end of last week, Roger Federer confirmed that he'll be retiring from tennis at the end of this month. Uh, he ends his career with a total of 103 singles titles, including 20 Grand Slam wins. Uh, Nick, um, this is a one-of-a-kind player, right? I mean, I can't remember seeing anyone else who had a more fluid playing style. Yeah, correct. Fluid playing style, and, and he was almost graceful mm-hmm. on court. You know, if you take an example of Nadal, you know, he's, he has a very aggressive approach to the game. Fedre is like the complete opposite. He's more of a, of a thinking man's player. You know, he knows mm-hmm. when to push, when to hold back, uh, very intelligent on court. And like you said, you know, hugely successful career with with a number of wins and grand slams. He spent, I think, uh, 310 weeks as world number one. Uh, And, and, you know, whenever we talk about Fedra in the office, we always like to see how he he is single-handedly responsible for preventing the career progression of so many of his peers. Because when, when he was at his best, nobody else could touch that world number one spot, you know. So anyone else, forget about it. Like, you're not going to get it. And, uh, he was a gentleman as well, you know. Uh, fans love him. He had very few scandals, you know, mm-hmm. o- over the course of his career, and and you know, yeah, he's got all the, the charities and, mm-hmm. and and all that. So, uh, yeah, a, a very well loved character who, uh, who who will be missed, and and I think notably also that he's the first of that Federer, Djokovic, Nadal triumvirate to call time on his career. Mm-hmm. So th- this is an end of an era in, in more ways than one. La. So, you know, it, it's a case of one down, two to go. So I just wonder when Nadal and Djokovic will follow suit as well. Uh, Nadal can stay. Djokovic, <laughs> feel free to retire anytime, man. <laughs> so... That's it for this episode of the Portball Sportscast. Uh, but before we go, I just want to say, you know, it's okay to say no sometimes. We all feel that we are obliged to say yes because it's the nice thing to do and we're all nice people. Uh, but if it makes you unhappy or un- uncomfortable, set your own boundaries. 
just say no. I am Faisal American. I am Karami Kamil. And I'm Nicholas John. 